microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. Uh, Derek and I, we've already done this once before. Yeah, I'm having a bit of deja vu. <laughs> Vuja day. Uh, it is just Derek and I this week. Uh, Brett's moving into his new home, so he's not... We, we've never decided where we're at, have we? Because it's no longer the above ground from Revolution Headquarters. Sure, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the Weeby Geeks Rebels. <laughs> That'd be cool. P- throw the Weeby Geeks wordmark across the Rebel Alliance logo. That could look interesting. Yes, it could. So, yes, it could. Um, so yeah, I'm coming down with the cold, so that's why I'm a bit snuffly. But uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the first story and jump right on in. All right. So, <laughs> the first story is about some uh, recasting uh, for the series Gotham. Uh, which is weird. Uh, so even though they've already recast her once, they are again recasting a new uh, Poison Ivy. So originally, Poison Ivy was a little girl, uh, and she was played by Claire Foley. And then, in a odd storyline, uh, the character Poison Ivy was rapidly aged to like uh, early twenties, and uh, was played by an actress, Maggie Gaha. And uh, then in the second episode of this season, she drank several vials of poison and began transforming into something more dangerous. Whatever that means, we shall see. So now they've recast Peyton List as uh, Poison Ivy, who some fans might know as uh, Lisa Snart on The Flash. She played that a couple of times. Uh, Looks like she was in three episodes. And... uh, yeah, it was like, quite uh, frequency. Uh, yes, she was yeah. also in, in frequency. <laughs> well, she was frequency on Flash, wasn't she? Yes, but she was also in frequency, the TV series. So that's interesting. Um, I like uh, she's a she's a native of my neck of the woods. So she was born in Boston. So I like that. Oh, yeah. The team that only has one quarterback. That's all they need. That one quarterback is Tom Brady. That's all yeah. you need. What what happens when Tom Brady gets knocked out? Tom Brady does not get knocked out. He, he's Chumba Wumba. Gets knocked down, but gets <laughs> up again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, actually, I will, I will say um, for Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo where, where actually it's probably good for him because he could have a better chance of possibly, um, you know, he'd be coming out from under Tom Brady's shadow. So he might yeah. have a chance to actually do something. The thing that hurts, though, good. is we actually pitched for him during the draft <laughs> for a second well, round yeah. pick. I guess if we <laughs> threw a third round in there as well, we may we might have gotten them. Perhaps. Or, you know, just wait. <laughs> that would happen. <laughs> anyway, back to Gotham. <laughs> uh, so uh, in a statement from the Gotham producers, they said, in the continuing evolution of Poison Ivy's origin story, Ivy Pepper has been transformed once again, taking another step toward becoming the Ivy we know from the comics. Dangerous, a live wire of crazy energy. She'll set her sights on Gotham, intent on making the city her her own green paradise. So, uh, yeah. So Ivy's going to return in the second half of the season sometime in the early
early months of 2018. And uh, it seems like it would be confusing, but apparently they have a plan. They said they're not going to go full green, but they're going to transform Ivy in a way that they think the audience won't expect, but that is pushing her along her development to becoming the Ivy that everyone knows from the comic book. So interesting. And uh, we'll see what happens. I hope they don't change her more. They'll just keep getting a new actress every season. Uh, I can't hear you, Mike. Sorry. I had the sniffles. Forgot I turned my Ah. button on. So, there's a sniffle there. Um, Marvel's new Warrior series is not moving forward at Freeform. What? It looks like there may be some limits to the spread of superhero shows across the television landscape, as Freeform will not be moving forward with the new with the new Warriors. Uh, this is coming from Bleeding Cool. Uh, it is reported that though the series received a straight-to-series order in April 2017... Uh, the network owned by Disney slash ABC television group did not have a 2018 time slot for the series. So the decision was to shop the project to another network or streaming service set to serve as Marvel's first live action comedy series. Um, Here's how the project was described when it was announced. New Warriors is about six young people with powers living and working together. Not quite super, not not yet heroes, and with powers and abilities on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Avengers. The New Warriors want to make a difference in the world, even if the world isn't ready. The series is about the entry into adulthood when you feel like you can do everything and nothing at once. Except in this world, bad guys can be as terrifying as bad dates. And apparently the world is not ready. This is true. Uh, one of the highlights was the involvement of Squirrel Girl, uh, who was going to be played by uh, the AT and T lady. <laughs> um, it was uh, oh, she's on This Is Us as well. Yep. Did not realize that uh, Miliana. Uh, I believe Vanatra. Milana. I think her name is v- Milana Vantrib. Yes. Vantrib or something like that. Uh, Derek Thieler, who was in Baby Daddy, uh, which was a freeform show. Jeremy Tardy as Night Thrasher, uh, Colin Worthy as Speedball, Matthew Moy as Microbe, and Kate Comer as Debris. Now, Freeform isn't completely out of the superhero market, um, as Cloak and Dagger remains at the network and it's expected to premiere sometime early 2018. Ah, yes. So, options of where it could go. Could it go early? Well, no. It, could it go Friday nights? No, I don't think it can. Not on ABC. Mm. But what? Yeah. What's what's on the uh, potential cutting board on Wednesday or Thursdays that the show could jump to? Well, Thursdays is all Shonda Land, so yeah. it'd be so it'd be Wednesday, possibly Tuesday, or does it go to Hulu like Runaways, or does it go to? Netflix, despite the fact that there's issues coming up there, or do they wait until uh, until uh, what should we call it? Uh, the the streaming service comes out. Oh yeah, that wasn't sure where you're going there. <laughs> I wasn't second. sure where I was going either. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a possibility. D- Disney XD has has started their more adult programming later in the evenings as well. Who's to say it doesn't show up there? Um, which 
I don't know if you've noticed, originally Star Wars Rebels was supposed to drop Monday morning at 1230. Mm-hmm. First episode, the first two episodes did. It hasn't since then. They're not dropping it till almost nine o'clock at night now. Oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Check, check your check your listings. You're going to find they're not even dropping it till almost nine o'clock at night on huh. Monday now. I, I usually DVR it, so. I, I do too. And it's like, oh, I could take Zoe to work, come home. I could watch the shows. Because I don't mind watching it a second time with her. No, nope. mm. it's still on DVR early, but you know that Monday morning. But it doesn't drop until Monday night now, until nine o'clock. Mm. Interesting. So, um, so what are, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, you know, I I think that I think this is silly. It is. Uh, I don't know. I kind of. I kind of. In a way, I'm kind of not totally surprised because I, I, I had a feeling that the new Warrior show, there was going to be some issues with it. Don't ask me why I thought that, but I just had a feeling. Maybe maybe because the New Warriors was is isn't isn't currently as big as some of their other properties, right? I guess so. I was worried that it would just end up getting lost uh, as far as uh, the show goes. Lost. <laughs> so so I don't know. I mean, it's it seems ridiculous, but I don't know. yeah, I think so. I hope it finds a place. I think I think. Um, I think there's definitely uh, room for this type of a show out there because you don't have it too much. I mean, like the comedy and although they tried it. Oh, I wonder if uh, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. They DC tried it with uh, Powerless there and that didn't go so well. Yeah. So I hope that didn't have anything to do with this. Seeing what happened to that show. But they're they're reacting to to just to just that show, right? That's the problem. I, they're reacting. You shouldn't. I mean, I, I think it's wrong to be reacting like that. I agree. So, I mean, give it a shot. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so that's. I think that's what I've got there. All right. Well, as you uh, alluded to earlier, we do have some uh, Netflix-related news. Uh, Not Netflix. <laughs> and, and actually, the funny thing is, this the first line of this article is, Fresh after it was said that the upcoming New Warriors series won't be screening in freeform anymore. <laughs> <The news hat. laughs> Oops. About some continuity. Uh, good thing we read the... Uh, the new warriors story first yeah uh, news has it that disney will no longer be allowing marvel to license characters to other companies not owned by disney according to, the, according to the hollywood reporter uh sources suggest disney owned marvel which has a multiple show deal at netflix that includes daredevil jessica jones iron fist and luke cage and the defenders and upcoming punisher is no longer able to sell outside companies to sell to outside companies, excuse me. Uh, that being said, if Marvel is no longer allowed to license characters to outside companies, that means that the Marvel Netflix lineup may not be able to expand anymore. Interesting. Um, so that means, you know, shows that people were hoping for, like uh, Moon Knight and Blade, possibly Ghost Rider. It uh, looks like none of that will ever be able to happen now. Uh, the news came as a double-edged sword, though newer characters may have a harder time now to step into the spotlight. Now we can be sure that any more Marvel shows that happen in the future will be under the same banner, meaning there will be a more cohesive universe. Um, I don't know if that's going to result in this, but we'll see. Uh, with Disney playing its own streaming service in the future, might be harder for the more R-rated super heroes to make the cut. Good thing Netflix got the Punisher before Disney decided to impose this new rule on Marvel. So... 
Yeah, this is just. This just seems like it's going to make a mess of things. <sighs> Sounds like it. I mean, if I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, I can understand why they'd want to do that, but on the other hand, I don't know. It just it just doesn't sound good. Yeah, which is a shame. Too. Well, I think we've talked about this before, though. That um, uh, there there is the chance that um, what do you call it that. Disney was pulling out because there was talk. Well, if Disney, there's enough stuff there for Disney to to run their own thing. But what what about Pixar? What about Mar? Well, Pixar going with Disney. But what about Marvel? What about Star Wars? What about potentially Muppets? Right. Uh, I think I think all of that's going into into their own stuff. So uh, with that going all there, why do you why do you need their whole thing? Right. You, you know. Yeah. It's just the Netflix show. Well, I can't say they're all really good, but well, eh. I just I like what they're doing over at Netflix with the Marvel characters. And I was kind of excited to see more. But now it's like, you know, that's kind of and then like, how will that affect the shows that are currently on like Daredevil and all the others with like villains and stuff? Are they not going to be allowed to use any new villains or? Uh, I would say chances are you're going to have all those shows potentially getting pulled and moved over to, to whatchamacallit, over to, to this new streaming service. Well, that's the other problem. But that, but that's not, that's not going to happen though until at least 2019. Well, then, plus Netflix, Netflix, don't they own like part of the show, those shows? They own part, and I believe, uh, but I don't think, yeah, Netflix owns part, but like Hulu, Disney owns 30%. Mm. So, I mean, what do you, what do you do? Yeah, Um, I don't know, it's... It, it's all it's, becoming a mess. Oh, it, it's becoming a bigger mess, especially. I mean, we're we're going to talk about this more over on Wookie Radio later this year. But what, what about the the news that came out that Disney is putting strict restrictions or, or demands on theaters to show Star Wars: The Last Jedi? Right. So, yeah. I mean, how, how crazy is that? I know. Why are they doing that? It's ridiculous. They're gonna. I mean, it's not like they're not going to get their money. No, it's like it's like they're declaring war on on theaters and stuff yeah like and, i don't get it it's yeah it, it's it, it's i think it's, it's i think it's crazy i think it's stupid yeah i agree uh i mean with all the, with all this going on it's i mean i would say at this point in time keep things where they're at and just let things lie until until the disney streaming service opens right so um so yeah it's I'm a little concerned about all of this. You and me both. So, I mean, at this point in time, what do you do? There's not much you can do. I, I, I don't think you can't. I don't think there's really anything that can be done, which is the sad part. All right. So, um, I don't know. It's it's one of those as I've stammered because I'm I'm just congested enough that I'm like yeah um th- this is r- really crazy that you know no longer license well I think it's a little too soon like like we've been saying too soon for this to happen mm-hmm. um because you know the the Disney service isn't supposed to not supposed to happen until 2019 yeah so. Um, why not go ahead and if the other plans were already on the books for Moon Knight and Blade, let them happen and then just pull them when the time comes. Right. So it's about the best that could be said. Mm-hmm. So I guess from there, I'll move on. Now, we've talked about 
collectibles and stuff like Comic Con exclusives, Celebration exclusives, uh, New oh, York Comic Con, and all that. Um, have you ever have you ever tried to get any of those items? Nope, because <laughs> I know how difficult it is. Well, I I have a couple Celebration exclusives. Uh, this year, I could not get into the Celebration store like I wanted to. And then to try and go find uh-huh. them on, on eBay, even now, they're still outrageous. Mm. But... Um, here, here's a, here's the what's going on. You, you've tried to get, buy one of those hard to get items, but you find out that someone in front of you bought thirty of them, which depleted almost the entire stock. Gee, it's almost like Force Friday. <laughs> well, that reason is why so many retailers have put a limit on merchandise to make sure that everyone gets a fair shot at getting at least one. Now the question has come up for Walt Disney World and Disneyland as collectors and resellers are buying up rare items as quickly as they're released. Uh, remember Tickle Me Elmo? How about the SNES Mini? Uh, getting your hands on those may be a big one, but those uh, rose gold mini mouse ears or an Oogie Boogie popcorn bucket? Uh, maybe those acquisitions show the mark of a true Disney fan who worked hard to get some of the rare merchandise that seems to be on the mythical ethical pedestal. Uh, this is coming from the inquisitor.com, which is a interesting site. It, um, so as you can expect, this is making people angry, um, uh, because people are buying all this, turning around and selling them for a major profit. Um, because, or because when, you know, the supply runs out before they're able to get one of their own. Most of the time, the people missing out are those that simply want one of their very own and are not looking to sell them off for others. Um, should, so the question comes up, should Disney put a stricter limit on how rare merchandise items, on how many rare merchandise items each person can buy? Um, with Epcot turning 35, one of the big ones was a Figment plush. Figment's the first Disney character created for a theme park. Um, and apparently there was a line from Mouse Gear, which is the main shop, to Spaceship Earth. Uh, people went straight there upon park opening to get one of their very own, but there was a problem. There was a limit of 10 per person. Now, here's some of the Twitter comments made. I'm super pissed because I wanted to get the Figment Funko Pop, but the limit was 10, so everyone bought 10, so they sold out. I'm so upset. Um, and then someone else questioned, are there no limits on how many you could buy? And then person comes, another person comes, not that I'm aware of, though I think I, I read a limit of 10. Not sure if that was for Figment Funk, if that was for Figment Funko. Still, cast members should not be selling them by the case. You still make money, just make it fair and sell max of two per guest or something like that. Now, if there were cast members who bought these, I will tell you right now, if you're caught, if you bought these with your discount and you're caught selling them for profit, taking advantage of your discount, you can be terminated. Good. So they do at least have rules about that. Yes. Am I going to be one of those people? No, (laughs) I will not. Uh, but I mean, we're still seeing the same, same thing though. You know, you got the limitation. I mean, Lego was smart. Funko was smart at celebration. They did. If you want your chance to get, get the stuff to be, to begin the day, you had to be in the raffle. If you didn't get selected, you had to wait until after a certain period of time in the day. And then you got to pick and choose from whatever was left available that day that they put out. Except for Lego, uh, the, the big thing they had was the, um, 
detention center kit that was exclusive to Celebration, they had 8,000. Oh, wow. I believe. Of those 8,000, they only did 2,000 a day. Mm, well, with, with Funko, my wife got lucky and got one of the raffles, got selected in the raffle. She also got selected for the Lego. So that Sunday, we got Zoe's Chopper in Imperial Disguise, Funko Pop, and we got the Lego Detention Center. Nice. The Lego Detention Center is still sealed in the package. <laughs> I found I found that poor schmuck who actually opened it up and posted the, the pictures of the parts list, which thank God he did, because I'll go order the parts and build it on my own afterwards <laughs> and build a separate one to sit in front of it. And I will, add, and it comes with Luke and Han. I will add Chewie to it. I am debating adding an Imperial officer to it and a couple stormtroopers and, re, and match up the scene perfectly. <laughs> so that's something I would do. But I mean, this is getting insane. I mean, Comic Con's the same way. Oh, I mean, how yeah. many how many times do you hear about people? Oh, everything's all sold out because the the exhibitors went in and bought first, and, and they're cheating the system as well. Right. Um. This is this is becoming a huge huge issue. Um. You know, for the simple fact that I know if I ever went to San Diego Comic Con, I'm bl- I'm blowing off my bills for the month leading <laughs> to it, just so I have the money, and I will do my my darndest to get the exclusives I know are going to sell because I'll throw them up on eBay. And I'll make triple my money back. And I'll, yeah, I'll cover You're going to spend your whole time waiting in line for this stuff? It's either that or wait in line for Hall H that you might not ever get into. Mm, that's true. So, who knows? It's, like I said, it's crazy nuts. Crazy it nuts is. on what's going on. It's insane. So, um, so I guess we'll move on from there. Let's get some movie talk in. All right, movie talk. And we'll start with... Uh, an article that was on stanley.com uh, in a recent interview with a Hollywood reporter reporter Logan director James Mangold admitted that he and a team of writers are working on a script that will most likely feature Daphne Keene returning as a young X-23 oh that would be cool that would be cool and I'm glad to hear they're going to bring back the actress because she was incredible yeah uh, however no one is entirely sure that Laura Kinney Wolverine's clone will be receiving her own spin off at all since starting a script does not necessarily mean that production has begun in tandem. Uh, Mangold's urge to write a script based on the young superheroine is due to his admiration of DC's film's current trend of inclusiveness in placing female superheroes in leading roles. Uh, he believes, even technically they only did that with Wonder Woman, but <laughs> I don't count Harley Quinn as a hero. He well, you got, you got the upcoming Captain Marvel, though. Well, he was talking. They were talking about DC films. Oh, DC's got films outside of Wonder Woman. <laughs> Apparently, I uh, did not know yeah, that. Those kind of long, dragging, artsy films that you just don't want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they wanted to do either. Mm, yeah. Anyway, so the, the director thinks that. Due to the success of films like Wonder Woman, uh, X-23 is an absolute shoo-in for a solo clip. Uh, Mangold said, we're just working on a script. Patty Jenkins' success with Wonder Woman only solidifies more for studios that there's less to fear with a female protagonist. More that keeps getting hit home, that ends up giving me more space turning around and going, well, here we are with a female protagonist. That's incredible. And what are we going to do with her? And that's where we are with 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 the Laura script right now, dreaming. Wow. But he raises a good point there. I mean, you know, Wonder Woman was successful because it was well done. Um, so 
So every, everybody, is, including us, have said we'd like to see some of the female superheroes get their own films. Uh, there's Captain Marvel, as you said, uh, coming out, which would be good. I'm still waiting for something with She-Hulk, one of my favorites. Um, so I think it would be awesome to see a solo movie with her with X-23 in it. Yeah. Well, you, you guys were talking over on Keepers of an all-female Avengers series. What was what was the what was the all female Avengers um, title that Marvel did at one time before their whole diversity thing kicked in? Uh, they recently had one called A Force that was it had She Hulk, Captain Marvel, um, and a couple others in it. That was an all female team, Avengers team. Um, Maybe that's the way to go. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Because they were talking, what we were talking about is they were saying somebody somebody was talking about doing an all female movie with who they currently have, like right. Black Widow, and which is okay. But I'd rather I'd rather see some. You need some more like heavy hitters. Like like I said, I want to see She Hulk. I love the character of She Hulk. Um, but isn't isn't She Hulk? Which universe is that tied in? Is that tied in with Universal and the Hulk franchise? Or is that Fantastic Four, which would be Fox? That's a good question. That I'm not sure. Or she might be one of those characters that kind of goes both ways. Hey, no. And I I didn't mean that the way it sounded. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you didn't. (laughs) You know, like like, uh, Quicksilver, who they've used in both both universes, both uh, sets of movies. So, So you're saying there is a potential loophole there possibly she debuted at the same time for here <laughs> but so. yeah I, I mean i would definitely like to see some more uh female lead superhero movies that would be awesome yeah i think so i'm excited to see how they do with captain marvel um i think it's important that they they don't mess it up but i don't <laughs> think they will <laughs> it's very trying, important what are you trying to say man nothing just like uh you, you, you try and call marvel dc no 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 because dc oddly enough their their one good movie was with their female lead wonder woman <laughs> and wonder woman is the nick fury of the dc universe uh apparently so <laughs> except she was she wasn't in suicide squad that i recall this time this time yeah probably better that she wasn't yeah no kidding the movie that just kept on going. The Energizer Bunny. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, speaking of movies, how about 15 comic movies that you had no idea were being adapted for the screen? Excellent. Although I think I did have an idea about some of these. I think we all did about some of them. Mm. Uh, especially if, like the two of us, because I believe you're a valiant guy as well. God, we need to get some valiant creators on here. Yeah. Um. Harbinger, uh, Harbinger is coming to the big screen. Interesting. That would be cool. Oh, that's right. Valiant has their own movie studio now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So uh, they're they're in the works of making their own cinematic universe starring Harbinger and Bloodshot. Because isn't uh, Jason David Frank playing Bloodshot? Or uh, uh, no, he was playing. Uh, he's playing a character in the universe. I would love to see a Bloodshot movie. Um, so right now, 
Valiant has signed an agreement with Original Film and Sony to produce and distribute their movies. Well, see, Sony, you have a good shot with Valiant, so give Marvel back the Spider-Man franchise. Because I think yeah. you're going to find Valiant is going to be a better better deal for you. Yeah, I think so. Uh, number 14, Lock and Key, uh, which is a horror fantasy book coming from uh, that's published by, or was published by IDW uh, from 2008 to 2013, based on, uh, it was written by Steve King's son, Joe Hill. Yes, it was. I've I've never actually read Lock and Key. Um, I want to. I've heard it's really good. And from what I know of it, I could definitely see it uh, see it making a good yeah movie. Uh, apparently, with one failed attempt at an adaptation in the books, Hulu has already ordered a pilot for the TV series with John Hill report uh, returning as its writer. The series will be a one hour drama adaptation produced by Carlton Cuse uh, and I. DW Entertainment with Scott Dickerson set to direct. Of course, you know him like from it. Doctor Strange. Yes. Uh, good. Number 13 is a book written by one of our favorite art writers over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, Jason Aaron. It's Scalped. Ah, uh, yeah. That's uh, another one that I ha- that I haven't read, but I want to. Uh, this is from DC's Vertigo imprint, uh, starting back in 2007. The series is focused on a Native American tribe in the fictional Prairie Rose Indian Reservation in modern-day South Dakota. As they struggle to deal with organized crime, drug addiction, poverty, local politics, and the preserving their cultural identity. Aaron has stated that the main plot was partially inspired by Leonard Peltier, a Native American activist who was arrested for killings of two FBI agents during the reservation in 1975. Wasn't that turned into a movie as well? Mm, possibly. I want to say Val Kilmer was in that. I'm not sure. Uh, Scalped was already, has already been optioned by WGN America as a one-hour drama series. The network is working closely with writer Doug June from Banshee, Coin, or Banshee fame and DC Entertainment creative Jeff Johns. Uh, to bring the book to the small screen. Production is expected to start in 2018. Hmm. Uh, now, a creator-owned comic series written by Brian Michael Bendis under the icon imprint of Marvel Comics. Uh, Scarlet is coming. Scarlet is about I a did, young... Go ahead. I do. I've read that book. I like that one. That would be an interesting... Scarlet is about a young girl named Scarlet from Portland who fights against a corrupt society and ends up starting a brand new American revolution while she's at it. Similar to Deadpool, Scarlet is also known for frequently breaking the fourth wall and speaking directly to the readers, um, which works pretty well when it comes to engaging the audience. Uh, the comic series was to be adapted into a TV show by Cinemax almost a year and a half, or almost a year later, there still hasn't been any more major announcements. However, given current events, having a TV show with a feisty female protagonist who sets off a revolution would be extremely refreshing. Would be. Uh, I think this is one of the first books we're seeing from Image on this list. Invincible is... One of my uh, favorites. Debuted in 2003 after a character first appeared in Tech Jacket Number 1. Uh, the man behind The wa- Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman, uh, it created this. Invincible is the teenage son of an extraterrestrial superhero who inherits his father's superhuman strength and ability to fly. Uh, problem is, he has trouble adjusting to his newfound powers and coping with reality. Uh, it has been long reported that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg will write, direct, and produce Invincible for Universal. However, this may take some time to get off the ground since the writing and producing duo currently has their hands um, 
working full full working on AMC's TV series Preacher, which is also An based. Excellent show. Uh, number ten, The Wicked and the Divine. Uh, Another book I wanted to read. It's a fantasy comic series written by Karen Gillian and published by Image Comics. Of course, we know Karen Gillian now for Vader, Dr. Aphra, now Star Wars. Uh, actually, I think he starts Star Wars next month, I believe. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, the story follows a teenage girl that, as she interacts with a group of 12 people who discover they are rein- reincarnated deities. Their origins grant them fame and supernatural powers, with the condition they will die within two years, part of an event that happens every 90 years called the Recurrence. Um, after the series has won three Eisner Award nominations, books were optioned by Universal Television with Matt Faction and Kelly Sue, the Conics, Milk Fed, Criminal Masterminds Production Company. Production is expected to start in 2018. Now, Dark Horse jumps into the game with Haro County. Uh, it's, a, it's an ongoing comic book series published by Dark Horse that started back in 2015. It's a coming-of-age tale that centers around a teenage girl who learns that she is the re- reincarnation of a witch that was sentenced to death the day she was born. Uh, this, the series has already been picked up by Sci-Fi Channel, so production is expected to start soon. Screenwriter Becky Kirsch, uh, who is involved in 12 Monkeys, is expected to take on the showrunner duties. Hmm. Bloodshot. Is that number nine? Uh, This is the one that I believe... Bloodshot is a companion series to Harbinger, along with a character origin similar to Wolverine. Bloodshot is a former soldier who has had his memory wiped clean and nanites injected nanites injected into his body, allowing him to interface with technology, heal quickly, and even shapeshift. Um, the directors behind John Wick were originally at the helm, but Deadpool creator Dave Wilson is now on board, armed with a script by Kick-Ass 2's Jeff Wadlow in the Things remake... Remakes Eric Heiser Heiser Sure uh, We have no release date for the film as yet as it's been announced that but it has been announced that actor singer Jared Leto has been circling the lead role and would expect it and would be expected to return for future installments and I think this is a series that uh, Jason David Frank was also tied into as well uh, Number seven from Image Comics Rising Stars. Uh, it was originally published by Top Cow from 99 to 2005. Uh, and I think it went on to Image as well, because the cover they show uh, has the Image title to it. Um, basically, it tells the story of 113 people who were affected by a meteor landing in the area when they were still in utero. These individuals grow up and learn they have superpowers. Interesting. But eventually learn that they're also being killed off one by one, and the mystery begins to develop about who is involved and why those with powers are being picked off one by one. Uh, a bit of a murder mystery is a bit superhero E Rising Stars. Well, that's weird. What? My screen just went black for a second. Huh? Okay. Uh, Rising Stars is ready to make the big screen. Uh, Straczynski will return to, because uh, it was written by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, Straczynski will return to draft the script while MGM is attached to, on the studio side. There's been no casting news, news or release date as of yet. 
originally planned as a limited series, Lumberjanes comes in at number six and was quickly and is now quickly going to be made into an ongoing series after strong sales and a critical acclaim. Published by Boom Studios starting back in 2014, the series follows a group of girls spending the summer at a scout camp and the strange creatures and supernatural events they find themselves involved in. Uh, I've heard that's to, a good book. It has been recommended actually to to Zoe to read. Yeah, I heard it was a good uh, a good all ages uh, story that girls would really enjoy. Due to the popularity of the series and its critical acclaimed, uh, it received 20th Century Fox has already optioned the comic book with Will. Uh, oh, that's why I did that. Um, apparently, I had a driver update. Ah. I know. Uh, Will Widger, uh, who is involved in Munchkin, is attached to the script. Fox is also apparently trying to recruit a female director before moving forward with casting. Number five, Strangers in Paradise. It's the only self-published black and white comic on the list. Um, it was written and drawn by Terry Moore and was started publication in 1993. Uh, the series primarily focuses on the difficult relationship between two women who are best friends. When one starts to develop romantic feelings for the other. Uh, Moore and filmmaker Angel- Angela Robinson, uh, who was involved in Professor Martson and The Wonder Woman. Isn't that about the story of Wonder Woman? Yes, but I mean, the creation... I'll actually be waiting to see that story. Uh, mm. Are partnering to adapt Strangers in Paradise graphic novel into film. Described as a sexy, stylish crime story with tons of heart, production is expected to begin in 2018. Uh, coming in at number four, Rat Queens. I've heard that one's good, too. Uh, I'm just going to jump ahead. The animated series is currently in the works for the women of Rat Queens with Weeby. That's W-E-B-E. That's mm-hmm. uh, Curtis J. Weeby. Attached as the writer. Images have trickled down and were distributed ver- via Weeby's Twitter account with him adding that anything that happens in Hollywood happens insanely slow. It is moving forward, giving the adult tone. It's safe to say the animated series will probably pop up on a streaming service like Netflix or Hulu. Um, another title from Valiant making the list at number three, Shadow Man. Uh, oh. In 99, Acclaim Entertainment was approached by actor, rapper Ice Cube with a pitch to make the movie. However, Acclaim declined the offer. Earlier this summer, reports surfaced that Valiant Entertainment hired producer Reginald Hudlin uh, from Django Unchained and brought in Adam Simon, uh, who was involved in Salem to rework the original script done by J. Michael Straczynski. While there is no release date yet, given the success of Doctor Strange, audiences seem primed for more supernatural heroes. Now, I I have heard this one was coming, because I remember hearing it directly from the source. In the number two spot, Painkiller Jane. Uh, Painkiller Jane is a comic book heroine created by Jimmy Palmiotti and Joe Casada, published at Event Comics way back in 1995. Former police officer who survived an explosion while undercover left her with superhero, superhuman regenerative powers. Uh, Jane Vasco becomes the vigilante Painkiller Jane. Jane will go on to star in multiple crossovers with popular char- with popular characters such as The Punisher, Vampirella, and Hellboy. Oh, yeah. Uh, while the comic series was already the basis of a television film and short-lived TV series, um, 
Lotus Entertainment has optioned the book as a feature film starring Christine Boland as a screenwriter, while award-winning winning actress Jessica Chastain is attached to star and produce. Uh, production is expected to begin in 2018. And then, okay. coming, and then coming in at number one, uh, again from Dark Horse, is The Umbrella Academy. Yeah, that, that's a popular one. Uh, the series follows the estranged members of a dysfunctional family of superheroes who work together to solve their father's mysterious death while at each other's throat due to their divergent personalities and abilities. Umbrella Academy was praised for its unique and twisted take on the superhero genre, winning an Eisner Award for Best Limited Series in 2008. Netflix has already ordered a 10-episode season, which is scheduled to release in 2018. The pilot script was adapted from the comic series by Jeremy Slater, while Stephen Blackman will serve as showrunner. So there you have it. Some good stuff there. I think so. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see those. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, some I knew, uh, some I, I'm excited for, like mm. the... Uh, um, the Valiant stuff. Yeah. What, what, I'm, very, I'm very interested to see what Valiant does with their studio. It's going to be very interesting. What other books out there would you like to have seen uh, mentioned or hopefully get listed as a as an option? Oh, well, let's see. Um, as maybe, I would like to, hmm? Maybe we go top five. Okay. Uh, I think my number one would be I'd like to see it as it'd be better as a TV show I think but uh saga yeah that's a great book I'd love to see that one um that's one that's one <laughs> uh I know I have others I'm just drawing a blank uh oh well I'm at it uh paper girls that's a good one yeah that's a good book uh oh birthright that would be a, a good TV show or a good movie yeah uh what's that three yep um, let's see. um, trying to think. Uh, oh, you know what? I'd like to see something on the um the DC DC bombshells. Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. That would be that would be kind of interesting. I think. Yeah. I'd like to see something with that. And one more. One more. Ah, uh, one more. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, oh, I know. Uh, one of our former guests. Uh, I'd like to see uh, Rose. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, on my list, um, no particular order. I still want to see The Fifth Beetle make it. Yes, yeah, I'd love, I'd by, love to see v- that. By Vivek Tawari. Um, I know that's being talked about. Um, that was a good book. I still want to see uh, The Other Dead. It was about zombie animals. Hmm, interesting. Uh, oh, I forgot who who wrote that. Uh, the Other Dead was written... Uh, Digger T. Mesh hmm. and Joshua Ortega wrote The Other Dead. I might have to check that out. Uh, so that's two. I would love to see The Chew as a, as a series, hmm. as a TV I series. Thought, I thought there was something going on with that. Is there? I don't know, maybe. I thought I... I thought I heard something about them doing a TV show on that. I could be wrong, but could have sworn. But anyway, so you might get your wish. I would love to see uh, either Archer and Armstrong or Quantum and Woody <laughs> I'm as sure a Netflix show at some point. Um, I would. I would also love to see um, X Men or Exo Manowar as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Again, uh, I'm sure that will probably come at some point. <laughs> I think so. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. Good stuff. So, 
Uh, <laughs> well, I think that's gonna kind of bring it to a close for us. Uh, check out the site, WeBeGeeks.net. On the site, check out our affiliates, Ripped Apparel and Superhero Stuff. And with Superhero Stuff, go check out their brick and mortar store in the King of Prussia Mall, since that's been officially announced. If you're there in the Philadelphia area, uh, potentially more brick and mortar stores coming in the future. That would be cool. I hope they put one up in my area. If ThinkGeek can do it, Superhero Stuff can do it as well. Yeah. Um, at Superhero Stuff, too, check out BioWorld merch. Some of their stuff, like the big things, the backpacks, luggage tags. Uh, they got some great stuff. Uh, there's some Justice League stuff coming, and, of course, Star Wars Last Jedi stuff coming. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have some information to go along with that. Uh Stay tuned. We'll be talking about it more here on the show. Definitely talk about it more on the site and on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Um, check out our Tee Public store. Uh, we are working on some other designs for you with the logo. Uh, we just talked about one. Oh, we just talked about maybe doing one on the Rebel Alliance logo. Doing the war mark across yes, it. Did. I think we talked about that at the beginning of the show, or was that during the first rehab, first rehash of the That's show? Right. I think that was yeah, the first one maybe. So we're, we're going to come up with that. Uh, maybe some other designs. Maybe something like the Peter Quill shirt that he wore in Guardians Two with uh, the Weeby Geeks. That would be cool. That would be I'd so. Um, so yeah, we're going to try and get some other designs up there. Uh, it is getting colder, so we are looking at doing hockey jerseys if anyone's interested hit us up on twitter at weeby geeks or hit us up on facebook at weeby geek or facebook.com forward slash weeby geeks pc or our group which is weeby geeks just type in weeby geeks we are the ones that are not with the periods in between the words um or just email us at WeBeGeeks at WeBeGeeks.net. Uh, the jerseys are fully sublimated, which means they will never run unless you use bleach, which you never use bleach on a hockey jersey. Never. <laughs> um, but the the design is printed right into the shirt, into the jersey. Uh, we're looking at selling them for about uh, 90 95 bucks each, which is great considering, oh, let's see, you're there in the Boston area. Mm-hmm. Actually, I will go, since I have the site already up for me, let's take a look at, like, the Tampa Bay Lightning, shall we? Sure. Tampa Bay Lightning, their jerseys. Or actually, we'll just, I'll go to the official shop. Jerseys. Okay, I'll pick the Bruins, because it's easy to pick on the Bruins. Uh, oh, sure. Let's see, replica jerseys. The new Adidas ones. Okay, that's authentic. The you could get your own name and number on them on ours. You do that with with uh, the Bruins. Two hundred bucks. One ninety nine ninety nine. I'm uh, I'm offering it for uh, for ninety ninety five bucks plus shipping and handling. So can you beat that? We're cheaper than the NHL. Can't beat that with a lightsaber <coughs> or a magic wand. <laughs> So I, I think we're, I mean, I know Derek has seen pictures of the, of the polo sh or of the bowling shirts we've done. Uh, oh, yeah. Eric over, over on Mighty Marvel Geeks will attest to, uh, it's a great quality shirt. Uh, I, 95 bucks, fully sublimated with your name, your own number on it. Could care less if you pick the same number I pick or you pick the same number Derek picks. Don't pick my number. <laughs> but if you want it, you yeah. can have it too. So, uh, if you want it blank, that's fine as well. But the, the, option is there 
So you can't you can't go wrong with that. Uh, so those are coming. If you're interested, shoot us an email and we will uh, get back to you. Uh, process is uh, from time you order to the time it comes in would be about a month, month and a half. So, and I will ship uh, priority mail. So it'd be a medium, either a medium flat box or uh, a the the floppy envelope, priority mail envelope. Whichever I could get my hands on. Probably the envelope would be cheaper if I could get some more of those. Get the, the large ones. But the flat rate usually works best. Uh, flat rate tends to be about 14 bucks for shipping. So can't go wrong with that. Because the Weeby Geek shirts are cool. If you're interested, I will also... Well, we'll, we'll go ahead and put them up on, on Facebook and Twitter again. What the what the jersey looks like. If you do want the polo or the, the button-down bowling shirt, that's going to be 65 bucks. So... Sounds cool. Does indeed. So, any final thoughts now that we wrapped up all the business stuff? Uh, actually, I have one final thought that is related to the business stuff. I just saw a thing, uh, SuperheroStuff.com has some new DC superhero underwear and pajama sets. No. And, yeah, they look really cool. You can get all kinds, uh, you know, all the major heroes and stuff, and, they, and they, they're really awesome. So, check out SuperheroStuff.com. And, and uh, they have some really cool stuff. Well, if you're worthy, spend $59 or more and get a free Thor keychain if you use the code HAMMER as well. Nice. Actually, they say you could choose from 10 different Marvel keychains. Oh, that's cool. So, but they, they've got some, there's a Justice League hero box coming. So that's available Ooh, now. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Check that out. So, oh, we're talking about the uh, sublimate. Yeah, you know, the shirts are sublimated. Superhero stuff. They've got the sublimated, like the, I think they're sublimated. Maybe not. But like the costume, the Flash suit up sublimated costume t-shirt. It's 26 bucks. It's a t-shirt. Ours is a polo shirt with the buttons. 65 bucks. It's just, it's more durable. It'll hold up a lot better. But I think the jerseys would be more appealing right now because they're great for this time of year. Oh yeah. Throw over a sweatshirt, hoodie sweatshirt. Can't go wrong. Wear your, show, show your pride in the show. So, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up then. So, uh, I think so. Anything else? Nope. That's all I have. That's all you have. That's all I have. Until next time. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Jarvis, no. That's tomorrow night. <laughs> Until next time. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.